live now. Capital 263. Yo, what up, what up? How you doing? Uh, welcome to 99, the other guys and figuring out adulthood in 30 or so minutes, but it's usually more than 30 because adulthood is much longer than that. And this is the one tax that we didn't sign up for. But you'll find out why I'm saying tax a little later. Uh, today, I have got in my house, guys, can come into the screen. So if we post this online, yeah, today I've wow. got two people at my house today. So if there's coronavirus, you're getting it. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a Jerry on to my left. You know, back in the days, like, ah, to my left, I've got Jerry Maroja. And to my to my right, I've got, and we're from Mazoy High School. Like, you know, those, those, those kids days. But today, it's, guys, put your heads together. Right, so thank you. Nice Just wow. Let's not okay. kiss each other. Like, in the <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, don't you dare call it the three. I'm married. Don't you dare. Um, don't you dare. Hey, bruh. A three new, a three new. All right, anyway. It's the three amigos. The three three idiots. <laughs> ah. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for uh, downloading. I do not know what craziness brought you here, but I'm thankful that you did. Today, we've got a, a guest on the show uh, that's coming up later. We've got Takura Jangaja. So keep playing because you want to hear that. And um, Miriam, I have not seen you in a while. I had to send Miriam an intervention text like, I miss you. How are you doing, Miriam? Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you like forever. I'm good. How have you guys been? Um, um I've been okay. We are black taxed. Yes, that's how we are. And uh there is Mark who I am arguing to say if you do not have any hair, then you do not have a haircut. It's 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 not that because it's as bold as the last four letters of Archie's name. Um do you do you argue? Wow, but 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 what if what if he got rid of the last bit of hair? So, exactly. You know, so that you can have the bold hair. Exactly. I'll tell you the same thing. That I I cut my hair every weekend. Oh yeah, I cut my hair every weekend. So it's still a haircut because there's hair to get rid of. So yeah, I'm cutting my hair. So it's a haircut. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. I think Wanai is just daily because he doesn't have a beard to cut. So oh, you know. But but if you're using hair remover <laughs> to remove your hair, is it a haircut or? <laughs> 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 it's hair removing. <laughs> I don't use hair remover though. Like I just use straight up razor, you know. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> straight up razor, boss. Yeah, okay. I'm, 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 I'm boss. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Jerry. Uh. This is another one of the guys on our show today. Jerry. Uh. Has a problem with Rora outfits. Uh. Jerry. Uh, tell, <laughs> tell the public why Rora days are scam. Why matching outfits for Rora is bad. <laughs> So I was going through my my statuses and now all I see is three humans with uh, matching outfits and different three roras this week. (laughs) Miri, as the married one, maybe you can give us a bit of detail. You know, like, what what is the idea behind having matching outfits? Tell us why we chose that color. Though, like I, I think it just puts a different twist on things, and it puts yeah, a different spin on things. That's what it does. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna keep it a bean. So I was, I was hollering at, at your best friend, at your current best friend, at your best, best, best friend. You know the and uh, on WhatsApp, and the profile picture has got you and that best friend looking lovely, and that's been his profile picture for the longest. And I almost like yo, 
change pictures. It will be the two of you, but just change pictures. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I, I now know the design. I, I want something else. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I wanted to say that. <laughs> I, I think I hollered at him yesterday. That's what I wanted to say. So let's you know, like, that's what, exactly what I actually wanted to say. And I then talked about other things, but that's where I wanted to go with it. But yeah, I want you guys to change your pictures because yeah. you can't keep your man African attire outfits we need pictures to spice, spice as things up. Spice forever. things up. Spice things up. You know, you know. <laughs> nah, nah. Moto short one, you African attire. You. No, it's okay. It's all good. Um. So, uh, without any further, uh, thank you guys for listening to last week's episode. And if you didn't, just go and download it. So let's get into about a week ago, right? Yeah, let's get into about a week ago. Okay, about a week ago. First of all, um, rest in peace to Anne Mira, um, who played Vimbai, as, as, as we, pro- we most likely, most of us knew as Vimbai on Studio 263, the, probably the best directed soapy in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, she passed away uh, after a robbery. And I read on iHarare that she'd gone to a prayer mountain and then she was robbed and because of injuries to her chest, um, she passed away, and that's very sad because I think she was uh, kind of a big deal for us, like in how we knew her. Um, before I get into the last bit of my recent piece messages, what did she mean to you guys? Did she does she have a, a value place in your hearts somewhat, somewhere? Yeah, I mean, remember the days of studio 263 at I think at like 7 30 and stop lying, it was at 730. You was it 7.30 just before the news? Yes. yes. Stop lying. Yes, I just said 7.30. You said 9.30. I said 7.30. When I said 9.30. It was 7.30, but, but I remember watching it and, I mean, she was amazing. Uh, the whole show was, the whole cast was also pretty amazing. And, yeah, like, I mean, you know how, like, nowadays we've got all these series are referred to and, you know, you're like, oh, have you watched what, what, what? But back then it was, have you watched Studio 263? And I feel like she made Studio 263 what, um, like, it, she made it a big deal as well. So, um, yeah, uh, she, she was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I was just having a conversation with Jerry on our way here. Uh, so we juxtaposed Men's in Gubane may you so rest in peace and and Nira as well mm-hmm. and how means in Gubani somehow uh was more of an impact to Matebele land yeah I know right on Devele people and then in Nira and Studio 263 was more of a Harare thing right yeah I know I know I know I want to push back because I grew up in Bulawayo. It's Bulawayo, but yes. not Bulawayo. I grew up in Bulawayo, and despite it didn't matter what, if you're in Debele or Shona or Colored, everyone just likes Studio 260. So I, I would, I, I impact wise about men's in Gubane over the rest of, I think everyone like generations as well. So I don't, I really don't think that it it it, ha, it, did, it mattered because uh, people in Arara like generations, people in Blaue like generations. I think Mins Ngubane, who is another recent peace message, who was assisted with Roman generations and a lot of other characters on, on, on different uh, films, great actors. I feel like they all have a, uh, I, I think at that time we did not see any any color. Yeah. Like I, I, in my opinion, I feel like they were great actors and actresses. So rest in peace to them and condolences yeah. to their families. Yeah, right. but I hated the trash headline that came out of an essay newspaper. I don't know if you saw it. 
Like, do you remember the time when Anira wanted Zodwa to be banned from Zimbabwe? Yeah, someone oh, wrote a headline yeah. essay like Anira artist who who fought for Zodwa to be banned in Zimbabwe. That's I'm like, wow, okay. And it was written by Zim Kyle. Yeah, that was just a trash headline. Uh, that time when she wanted Zodwa to be banned because Zodwa wanted to dance without any panties on and she didn't want Zodwa to dance without any panties on. Guess who we had on the show that particular week? We had Anne Nira. So um, we had a phone call with her and I think that phone call, I just listened to the episode and we actually asked like, Anne, have you at any moment in your life not worn underwear? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't do that. So it was like a little fun, fun conversation. So it's it's I'll, I'll i'll put the link on i think the 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 whole show's name is the word is allegedly and we had on the show so rest in peace to her um let, let's 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 get through some of today's news what happened about a week ago besides the death which is really sad uh quickly do we want to talk on the horror in north samora yo that's some investigation discovery type of ish hey <laughs> do you want to give people a back i'm sorry maybe because you're not some other correspondent <laughs> oh, wow wow okay all right wow okay, then. this is me i'll just so apparently there's this family of white people. There's a mom and their two kids, a younger one and an older one. I think the younger one was a teenager. The older one was probably early twenties or something. And the younger one was like always high on drugs. He would beat up the mom. He would steal money from her to get drugs and to get us fixed and everything. So he was sort of out of control. And then one day, um, you know, he's back and he's like, bugging his mom for money for drugs and he's beating her up and everything. Then the brother comes through, they kept a rifle at home and um, he shot him. The brother, the older brother shot him and killed him. Um, when I read it, I, I would have thought it was sort of self-defense or whatever, but anyway, so he shot him and killed him. And then what happened? Um, the mom and that older son, they, they took the, the son's body and buried it in their backyard. <laughs> For like all of, I think he was buried in the backyard for about two months or so. This happened in January. They don't have dogs. And then, I, I guess they didn't have dogs, so the dogs didn't, you know. And then, so what happened was later on or earlier on this month, the, the older brother of this deceased drug addict guy, he got into an accident with someone. I think he nearly killed someone. So when he was now doing his... Um, statement to the cops he was like oh no i hope he doesn't die you know i don't want to live with you know knowing that i killed two people what what and then the pop was like yo hold up <laughs> they can say what <laughs> and it's like yeah chi, chi, chi. so then eventually they went to the house and they dug up his body and then they arrested the older brother and the mom and yeah so that's basically the story in a nutshell but it's really some investigation discovery type of thing do you know what i found really but weird? My- Mm. Yeah, yeah, go on. What I found weird about the story is that the, the guy, the white guy had an accident with was another white guy. I'm like, yo, yeah, guys, I had white, white land. Like, yeah. like I was like, yo, all the names here are like super white. Like, wow, how not Samora are you? That this is, you not even have going in an accident with, with Tafaz Gamu Mujingi. Right. It's legit, like another white person. I'm like, yeah, you guys are north, north, the north of the north. Places only Miri goes to to send cakes and stuff. That was, that was crazy. But but my thing was like, if, I mean, obviously the, the drug addict brother was violent and everything. And I, 
I'm not sure how the system works here, but I'm pretty sure they could have paid it self, um, self-defense, right? Or, you know, the guy was trying to kill the mom because he wanted to get money. So I, I really don't see the need for them to have buried the body. I, unless maybe it was adrenaline and they didn't know what to do. And, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Let's just bury this guy. I didn't know what to do. My question was, and Jerry were like, which jail are they going to go? Which could it be? <laughs> no, no, no. They're going to go to ah, Shikurubai. But just, just, just imagine this guy on another chance, though. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, because it sounds so movie-like, yeah. you know? Like the horror movie, they're just like, wow. Is is it more movie like than the kids like uh, who unfortunately passed away and then they couldn't find their head and like this when the police came say that's the head like no that's that's not the head you know that whole issue about the little kid was yeah anyway death 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 that's really sad um so yeah yeah, that was a really sad story but yeah my one my one my one uh uh, happy international women's day belated month. Month, I mean, relax. Yes. <laughs> Month as well. Month. Um, I was gonna ask, how can it be celebrated more? But we don't have time. Uh, how can it be made more meaningful to you? You can still. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean. Okay, fine. Uh, it's Women's International Women's Month, and there's International Women's Day on the eighth of March. I feel like instead of just making it a token to say. Happy Women's Day. We celebrate women. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. On one day. I feel like systems should be um, more, you know, woman-friendly um, on the whole. Right? On the day or so, like forever? Because that's like generally what... Well, no, no, no. You know how, you know how when I used to be like, I, I hate Valentine's Day because it's so commercialized and, you know, mm-hmm. people are just buying people things because it's just Valentine's Day. And my argument was that people should just love each other each and every other day, whether it's the 14th of February or the 12th of December type thing. And, and it's the it same funny, concept. Isn't it funny that you are making money off Valentine's now? Exactly. <laughs> I'm about to say the same question. The irony of it. Yes. <laughs> but, 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 but my point being that it, it shouldn't just be a day where we celebrate women to say Happy Women's Day and then you know, it should be something that is an ongoing thing. How are we treating the women in our lives uh, on a day-to-day basis? Are we making their lives easier? Are we, you know, trying to, yeah, are we making their life, are we making our lives as women easier? Um, as male ca- counterparts, how are we helping to, to help our female counterparts to, 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 to do better? And how, as women, are we promoting other women as well? Um, so, yeah, I've got a funny story. But go, yeah, go, go, go. Anyway. <laughs> but, but, but my point, my point is that it shouldn't be just one day. It should be any other day. Let's have equal pay for women. Let's, let's um, be more sensitive to women with children. Let's be more sensitive. Even women don't have children. Let's not be ju- over judgmental to single women or single mothers. Let's just, let's be better to women and not just on women's day or women's month. I would actually, to add on to that, if I had the power to, I would say that uh, women should be entitled to like a day off from work when they are going through uh, the menzies, if, especially if they are, yeah. especially those who go through excruciating pain uh, with that. And it should not mm-hmm. count as like sick leave. It should just like, you just sick get leave. home yeah. 
and you just can't be home. And 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 my heart is with every woman who has endometriosis, um, which is a very painful chronic condition. If you do not know that condition, I think we'll have someone on the show to explain it and talk about it more. Uh, this it's, it's, it's a real it's it, 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 it's it's a it's a it's a big painful condition that women suffer in in silence and it's very hard for them in the workplace as well and it, just besides the pain there's the hormonal changes and imbalances with it so you know i my heart is with 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 everyone who has the condition i think i've got a friend man who can come and explain it more but yeah i, I think what you're saying mm-hmm. makes sense baby yeah yeah okay. yeah uh, I want to quickly go to this last thing that we want to talk about on about a week ago. So everyone saw Meghan Markle and Harry Windsor because I don't know if you should call them their royal highnesses, both of them, uh, Meghan Markle and Harry. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, I don't know, man. UK schooled me, so I'm trying to, I don't know, I'm trying to balance in case I want to go back. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, you know, they're on the news about everything. And I'm sure everyone kind of has an idea about the, uh, the interview there with Oprah and what has been happening over the past couple of years, uh, two, three years, right? And I think one of the biggest comments I heard from it is women who were in support of Prince Harry were like, you know what, this is a real man. You know, when your family gives a crap, um, then you know you should be able to move away from it. And, and, and you know, he stood by her. And now I'm just trying to bring it back home. Like, what does it mean to us who are just watching it from Zimbabwe, right? And the question I had is, does our culture allow men to be that strong as Harry Winsor, uh, in that kind of way. Um, please, can I please have the mic, M- mic Mark? <laughs> Look, I don't know. Why, but does our, our culture allow men to do that? Like, does, you know, when you think about it, Miri, you're married, would your, would your parents allow, um, you know, your best friend who has to change the profile picture to you and him dressed differently? Um, to do that, can they be that strong, or that it's just not a part of the conversation within the African culture? Guys, go. Well, I mean, when you get married, Sandy, they say you leave your family and you cleave onto your partner. So, like, you've got each other's backs, type of thing. That's how it's supposed to be. So, yeah, I think what Harry did was pretty much what marriage is supposed to be have each other's backs. Because, yeah, um, some people might not want to see you guys be happy or some people may have different agendas and whatever. You've basically got, got each other's back. So, yeah, um, that, that's what I think about that. Is it not easier, Miri, to just say it when it's us men who... If I could say that. If, say, it was reversed and um, Megan's family was with the toxic ones mm. would um, well, well technically megan's family is kind of toxic but okay <laughs> yes yeah, 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 the dad is yes yeah. but would we would we be asking these questions would, are you woman enough mm. to to stand for me especially because a lot of this has got all that especially because a lot of this has to do with the move that it did to such a powerful family like I don't know. I see some. I hear some background. So the the move that he did to such a powerful family, would it could it happen? Do you think that women could do it? Yeah, I I think that women could do it. Um, I don't see why not. I think women are actually more inclined to do it than men. It's just now such a talking point because a guy has done it, but women have done it for you know how many years? I mean, people have been eloping. To, to, to different families and things like that and sort of not uh, giving the back to families, but, you know, 
sort of just said, bye, I'm going to get married type of thing, even to people that their families don't approve of. So I don't see why it's such a big deal just because it's Prince Harry or just because it's actually, I see why it's a big deal. It's because it's a guy. It's like, kind of like how people get surprised when a father is like with their kid and is feeding it, changing the diapers and stuff. It becomes such a huge hoo-ha when women have been doing it for the longest time. So I, I don't see it as such a, as, a, such a, as such a big deal. It's basically just what is expected in a marriage, just to just look out for each other. And just because Prince Harry has done it and he's coming from some royal family doesn't make it uh, a huge thing. Okay. So basically you're saying us men are not men enough yet. Uh, basically, I'm just like, saying... Like you're saying he is the standard. You know, and like men you know, kudos. Just because, you know, princess done it and women have been doing it forever. Because it's women's month, I really don't want to argue with you because I don't though. No, I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just thinking that um within the African context, what he did might not be as easy because like I think the follow-up question to you is is can we are we able to live in isolation like that given our like the way hey, ubuntu is going to be such a big deal yeah. can we live in isolation can you can two lovers chase isolation for love and leave the rest of the family you guys are toxic really toxic toxic okay toxic but even well, even for her isn't it his money is 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 tied up with the family as a broker technically no his mother yeah, so, so also so also it wasn't really necessarily about money. And also in Africa, in African context, we would have said with Akajikiswa. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, we people do said, be eating stuff, but we could have said with Akajikiswa. But at the same time, like I said, I'm not saying Quentin, um people should live in isolation. I'm all for unity and I'm all for everything. But as I mentioned earlier in another discussion, like people have different agendas. Right. And sometimes, sometimes there is such a thing as, as toxic family. <laughs> it exists. I know uh, a while back on Twitter, people were being bashed with, hey, you can't say you parents are toxic or family is toxic and things like that. But it happens. And, and um, you know, some people just don't like seeing people happy. And it's a thing. And in that case, if it means uh, finding peace by moving away from that uh, part of the family or part of that group of people that aren't giving you peace, then why not do it? You know, obviously the, the reason has to be valid, but I, I, I don't see why people can then just isolate themselves. Yes, people in the family who then say they're ostracized or they're away from whatever. Other people, they don't want to be around other people, but they've got their reasons to be. And people should I, I, I just, I just, I'm finding it, very, I, I know it's possible, but I'm just finding it very difficult as something that can be done for, a, a, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm like, it's the repercussions of a black man stepping away from his family like that are far much more than it is for a white man. I, I, th- I think because they already kind of live in isolation. Um, you can see Mike and I are waiting for the mic. Because using one mic, we need to get back to you. But like, I feel like it's, it's easy to say, oh my gosh, yeah, you can chase for love. But I really think that, hey, for, for, for Mark and whatnot, even like one day you're going to be a mother-in-law. I don't know if, if, if children and then the children getting married is part of like God's plan for you. Like, I wonder how you feel if that young girl is not telling you, hi, no, Miri, Miss Miri, she is toxic. She is toxic, like our very own Miri toxic. Oh, but do you know, you know? what? 
do you know what? I think to get to that point, there has to be some sort of um, a, a discussion, right? There has to be some sort of uh, an interface to say, okay, this is what's going on. This is how I feel about this. Because if we were just move away, Jay, without saying, then, bruh, like you need to communicate with you. What, what are your grievances and how can we make it better? Mm. If you've got an issue, like when I was listening to the interview, uh, Megan was like, I approached one of the elders in the family, whatever, and I was telling them, hey, guys, you mean I've got issues, mental health issues and whatever, whatever. And I don't know, like, this isn't working for me. How can we sort of resolve this? And they sort of just brushed it off type of thing. And like, I feel like there needs to be, before we we get to that point of isolation, I think that's why in our Shana culture, in our culture, basically, in African culture, um, we like dealing um, things in like as a as a family, like Pani Matari and people sit down and hear both sides of the story before people then decide to cheat, to do their own thing. So it's a whole process. This is what me and my husband want to do. <laughs> there, there, there has to be that dialogue first. And then we try to find a solution. And then as a last minute, as a as a last resort, then Kanapasina any resolve, then we move out. I, I then I'm just saying like it's, it's hard for a black man in these streets. It is. I agree. Uh, the way we were socialized, mm. we were socialized to be together. Everywhere. Yes, together. is is, is, is black people. No exactly. Yeah. Whereas white people are socialized to be very individualistic. So it's eh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, socialized for it to to be a possibility. Like, listen, if I call my mom toxic today in Rotunda Boto, and Google that, like that's yeah. like like you know I, mean? I can I like the things that. Harry said about maybe not about his, his the queen because he didn't say that, but like you kind of saying certain things publicly about your mom, you are uh, inviting you know bad spirits, and you're gonna have to run around in a sack that's dirty, telling everyone that you did bad to your mom. Like you just can't do that as a guy. Like you know what I mean? But yeah. so I'm saying like yeah, I understand yeah. that black women are championing Prince Harry to say like it's great that he did it, but I don't think and maybe his fight is a little different because royalty, blah blah blah. But I just think that in our African culture, it's not as easy to just move away from your family, even if they are toxic. Um, for that, like I'm, I'm not saying no. I like it that way, but I'm just saying it's it's really not the same. And we can go. Um, I think in this, uh, I think in this case also, uh, the fact that everything was just made public and they just throw the dirty laundry out that that also was pretty bad. Um, you know. I, I I don't think they should have done that. If if they're gonna do that, they should have just moved away quietly. That's why I'm I'm also of two minds of this whole thing. Like, yes, there could have been issues going on with the royal family and Meghan and Harry and everything. And they could have been valid, the whole mental health issues and everything like that. But coming out into the public forum and then talking about it kind of feels like um they were sort of seeking for sympathy, like they were trying to I don't know, like like they're trying to to, to play, uh, overplay the victim part type of thing. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I'm of two minds of the whole thing. Uh, yes, their their um, their situation and the concerns were probably valid, but I don't think they should have gone out publicly like that. They were chasing yeah. downing points. <laughs> in, in, in a way in a way in Twitter speak they were chasing clouds 
Ah, I wouldn't say that, but it's fine. I, but you know, I think I think it's really all up to you. You can make you make the decision on yourself. Let's 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 go on to uh hashtags and dot com. Ah, watch the bloggers. We've got watch the bloggers, we've got Tokura Mjangaja. And the question we want to kind of attack is the intersection between Ubuntu and Black Tax. And Miri's not gonna be there for the first 10 minutes, I'm just saying. I don't know what she's doing. But she's gonna join us later. All right, so let's go to watch the bloggers with Tankura Jangaja. All right. And now, Capital Two Six Free. Okay, guys, welcome to the second segment, uh, which we haven't had in a while, called for the people when you listeners. It's called Watch the Bloggers because I read blogs. We always on the internet, and I happened to bump into someone who I found out is a fellow alumni from the University of Edinburgh. So you know, I don't know if there's a there's a motto for University of Edinburgh, but you know <laughs> so like he, you probably was there some time ago uh-huh. yeah to... uh-huh. I, I, a long time ago yeah <laughs> i kind of figured like yeah it must have been a long time ago but yeah yeah, yeah. but but anyway uh we <laughs> what, what did you study i started uh public health I did my master of public health there, uh, oh, 2019. Yeah. yeah, as a part of a shivening cohort. So if you are one of those applying for shivening, make sure you oh, do. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so, so today we have. You you also a shivening scholar? You know, I, I could feel it. Yeah. I could I could feel the connection. I could feel it. I could totally feel it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is great. So there's okay. like a a two ply connection here. Who we have here is Takura Jangaja. Now. Takura Jangaja has got a background in activism for media freedom, freedom of expression, and access to information within the Southern African region. And he has previously worked for the Media Institute of Southern Africa, the Zimbabwean chapter, and the Voluntary Media Council of Zimbabwe. And if you Google Al Jazeera uh, and Takura Jangaja is there, um, and he's got a, I mean, we hear about his avid interest in literature and music from in and around Africa. So, you know, he's that type of a guy. So basically what I'm trying to say is one of those people who use big words uh, to make people who are racist scared because I was trying to read his blog and I had to read it aloud to myself to like, okay, so what's really going on in this blog? Now, <laughs> the reason why um, we have him on our show today or why we have the privilege of having him on our show today is because of a particular post that he did. Um, I want to pull it up over here. Um, you know, when you're on, when you're on zoom and then you, and you realize that you put your posts everywhere, it, it, it's titled critically debating Ubuntu and black tax in Zimbabwe. First of all, welcome to the show, Takura. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Yes. Um, when I read the the question, though, at least the pros that you had, critically debating Ubuntu and black tax in Zimbabwe. Before I get to the question, I want to find out like what you were trying to convey with this blog uh, and what it was part of. Okay. Uh, it was actually a presentation to uh, the U.S. Uh, embassy's uh, public affairs section, uh, African-American history uh, month uh, commemorations. So yeah. it was more spoken than written, um, mm. but I normally combine both. If I must come and attend the meeting, um, like a formal meeting, I, I, I do both. I sort of write it down and then I, I speak to it mm. and then I put it on, on my blog. And, and if you were to say, if there was a message we were trying to say, like the moral of the story, what was it? Like, what was the moral of the story of 
this whole blog to anyone who was reading what did you what did you want them to take away from what you said before you like you you maybe this is an explanation of like how we begin to explain the intersection of ubuntu and black tax oh okay um basically i was trying to convey a key point that ubuntu is not a feeling uh, it's um it's something that is about how you regard others uh, in society as equal human beings mm. But it's not just like a, a religious feeling; it's quite structured. So, if you if you want to talk about Ubuntu, you're talking about human equality in 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 relation to human rights, in relation to economic livelihoods, okay. uh, uh, and social service rights, such as access to water, health, and so on. Mm-hmm. And then, if you're looking at black tax um, as well, it's not. Uh, I was trying to make the point that in our culture, traditionally, it's not a burden mm. because of urbanization and. <clears throat> And the legacies of colonialism, mm. it is it is a denigrative term insofar as it is being used now. With mm. black tax looks at issues to do with your extended family, how us as black people are assumed to to have that burden. But in in essence, it is not historically a burden. But with the onset of colonialism, it has come to be viewed as a burden because some of us uh, uh, tend to want to look at the extended family as a burden or to look at our urban success as something that should be independent from our rural backgrounds or, or histories. So I was trying to balance those those things out and make my position clear on them. So, you know, so so here's, so, so here I'm, I'm reading this blog and, and I really think you made a brilliant, um, like you really defined Ubuntu in its different contexts uh, very well. And you also defined black tax very well. But this blog... When I read the blog, I felt attacked. And, and here's why I will say I felt attacked. Because to me, and the definition I have of black tax is, um, like, in, especially with my peers, and, and I think Jerry and Mark can attest to it, it's us feeling like, first of all, there is it's a burden. Like, whether we're supposed to feel like it's not a burden, for us it is, right? It, 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 and because of how the world has been globalized, um, oh, just even amongst our peers, we see some of the people who are were our parents' age and they were able to do certain things that our parents weren't able to do. And they've had an up in life that we don't have. And all of a sudden, we are supposed to be dealing with things. Like, it's the same Zimbabwe. Yes, 2008 happened and, and so and so. But it feels as if it's, it is a burden because other people don't have it as a burden. Now, my first question that I have is, as a young Zimbabwean from this million, this current generation of millennials, right? Um, am I losing my Ubuntu, which is the, the this this Wunu, you are because I am collective responsibility, just being a great human being. Am I losing that sense of Africanness just because I hate the fact that I'm obligated to pay this burden called black tax? Because this is how I felt the blog was saying, you know, we should not denigrate this black tax. It's almost like we should rename it, right? But I felt like, wait a minute, if I complain about this thing, which probably isn't my fault, am I at fault? Am I less African? Well, no, you're not less African. Um, you're, you're, it's good to critically question and to ask yourselves these important questions, um, mm-hmm. uh, as you have just done. But I think um, when you, like I write in the blog, when you assume there's a black tax, there's an opposite of it. And and in most cases, the, the opposite is the preferred type of tax. Mm. And, and I, I refer to it as a white tax uh, mm. in the blog as well. Um, and so it becomes a, a, 
a question of how you approach um, the opposite. What is your preferred form of tax? Mm. Uh, and from what you've just said, I can tell that you've got a very contemporary, global sort of approach to even cultural questions. Huh? You just want to be a universal human being. You want to go to work, pay your taxes, look after your own family, mm. and look after if you have a family or look after your immediate needs and not really have to remember Mzukuru so-and-so or Bamin so-and-so who needs to go to the hospital and needs your help. Um, it is contradictory to then, it would be contradictory to then say, no, I can do Ubuntu, but I can't really look after people that are traditionally, culturally from my own family or my background or my village. It, it, it contradicts itself because it's uh, a direct uh, preference for the urban culture um, and not only urban culture in its material sense uh, having a car having a household but its lifestyle sense that i am an individual first even though i can feel good about individuals i don't have that um, historical baggage with me but the reality of the matter is that if you're an african um, even young people uh, like yourselves there's no way you can ignore uh, your extended family it's a reality it may not be preferable not everybody in extended families are nice, mm. uh, but the whole point is that it's part of our of our of our own being. The majority of us have that dual sort of life where we have an urban uh, life, a rural life, or a ghetto life and a border life. I mean, it's or like I, I can see where you are. You're probably in a flat somewhere in town. Mm -hmm. the, you have your people. But I don't know where you grew up, but I'm pretty sure you have some ghetto background somewhere. Uh, or, yeah. or some of your friends have yeah. that strong ghetto background. You cannot wash it away uh, or wish it away. It's, it's a reality. And that's, a, that's where the balance uh, is needed there, not to view it as a burden. And you use the, 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 the phrase to rename it. Yeah, I, I would rename it. Uh, and the phrase or the term Ubuntu also fits into that. It might not be the, the right way to look at it. Uh, completely, but it it helps to think it think of it anew or, uh, or afresh. Hmm. Um, Takura, could it be possible that um, our forefathers were afraid to 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 address um, black tax issues because the way people were raised, they were afraid of questioning things. I mean, to, to add it on, when you described Ubuntu, in there's a, there's a part when you also mentioned that sometimes Ubuntu is used by politicians almost in a way that serves them. So I guess it also in a way like this fear to approach or question Ubuntu when it comes at the expense of a person's individual growth and probably ability to exercise Ubuntu to the best of their ex, to the best of their capabilities. I, I think maybe just to kind of add on to his question. Okay, you guys have a lot of questions for the Sunday. Um, <laughs> the, the forefathers' question is is very interesting in the in the sense that our forefathers probably probably never liked the idea of tax as it was introduced to them, eh? uh, particularly via colonialism. Uh, so you had the hut tax, you had the cattle tax, and then you also had the, the other forms of tax that were directly targeted at black black people in order to raise money for uh, the white colonial states. So they have no positive, uh, I would argue that they don't have a positive view of tax in the strict sense of, of the term based on its history and their experience of it, which also included forced labor 
and uh, forced evictions from their from their own land. So that's that, that's a history again that informs my understanding of uh, uh, why I would call the black tax a denigrative term, uh, which uh, argue, which presents a preferable sort of like tax, which I, I refer to in the blog as a white tax. And I'll explain it later when, when you ask me the questions. Um, the difficulty of Ubuntu, if, if you read the blog, I also mentioned the fact that Ubuntu is not a feeling. Eh? Um, it's, it's a structured thing, uh, even though it was used mainly in the anti-apartheid movement. That's where Desmond Tutu and the like were using that term a lot to, to sort of galvanize the anti-apartheid movements in, in, in South Africa. But um, in my blog, I argue that if, for example, we had a society in which everybody has access to the basics in their lives, eh? access to health, access to education, access to, to uh, cheaper public transport, uh, you know, access to employment, if the society or the state in which we live provided that, you would never have hear of this whole issue of a black tax uh, in any event. Because most of the times when you're thinking about it, you're helping your relatives uh, go to hospital, you're paying extra school fees because there's poverty in, in society. So if we work towards uh, alleviating poverty, creating a fairer uh, political economy in, in Zimbabwe, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be so worried about, oh, your relatives are harassing you because you've become successful and so on. But again, it's also an attitude problem. And I must emphasize this, for, especially for young comrades such as yourselves. When you argue about the burden of, of your extended family, you must then look at it culturally. What is it that you then prefer? And who are you mimicking? Who are you following? Whose sort of lifestyle do you prefer? And for me, within our Zimbabwean context, my argument is it's obviously an urban slash white lifestyle that is preferred by those that argue around black tax a lot. Um, but it's not as if there is no white tax. Is there, except that it's largely by way of inheritance. So a lot of white comrades I know have the burden of maintaining uh, their capital, uh, their wealth, uh, inherited wealth, their houses in Borodil, their, their mines, their farms, and working towards, towards that across generations. So it's also something that they have to contend with, except that it has a different context in that it's largely inherited wealth from probably in some cases, colonial context, farms that were acquired before independence, businesses that were acquired before independence and the like. So I, I kind of get the sense uh, that... Was that too much? No, no, it, it was quite, it's quite, it's quite on point. But then I also want to counter this because I feel like we are probably giving off a, 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 an air of, I'm tired of taking care of all these cousins from Rusape or wherever, although I do not have cousins in Rusape, so no one's going to get attacked by this. But I'm just saying, like, it feels like we're saying we, we don't want to take care of people. I think when we cry about black tax, it's, it's, it's really more about the fact that, I mean, first of all, you say uh, if people had access to, to, to like transport services and all these other things that we see in the white world, which make the white world work and some parts of the black world, maybe parts of South Africa as well, which are good. But that's a very, it's almost at a higher political level. And I might not really have the power to change it except with my ballot, right? So, and the wheels of, of, of change are quite slow. But I'm trying to address this from a very personal, like what are the things that I can change, right? And I try and say, still, you have, it's not that I don't want to take care of people, but then 
in this current climate where I cannot get a mortgage, which is different from when my dad could get a mortgage and still support and, mm-hmm. and the value of money was much different, right? It's black tax literally stops you from living the bare minimum, which is what people in my generation are complaining about. I'm not trying to live Kim Kardashian's life, but I'm saying I just want to be able to live life the bare minimums, but black tax is pulling me back. So it's not like I'm trying to lose my Ubuntu, but it almost feels like Ubuntu is holding me back. I think Jerry also has a follow-up to that as well. Maybe maybe just to add to Kura, I, I feel like we've got um, black tax that's twinfold. There's the inherited black tax, mm. uh, which is our parents and our grandmother's uh, kind of black tax that you can't run away from. But I feel like there's a modern-day black tax where maybe my brother is making certain decisions that that are now affecting how we're hitting my pockets, which could, which could have been better decisions. Mm. I feel like that kind of black tax, I really need to question. Okay, um, I, I think in terms of the individual burden, um, I mean, yeah, you're allowed to Burden individually, uh, so not and not at a higher level. But again, it's about your attitude um, and approach to it. And I mean, identifying some of the key challenges that uh, you're faced with. Um, what has happened uh, with urbanization and modernization, and as you refer to globalization, has been this development around high levels of individualism um, within our society. Uh, you you, you accuse me of using big words. Um, I'll, just, I'll give you a phrase. Uh, it's basically called millennial capitalism, what we have uh, in our society. Mm. Uh, societies in which there are high levels of individualism, uh, high levels of materialism uh, or consumerism, a desire for, for things to eat, things to drive, things to house, to live in modern lifestyle sort of thing. High levels of religiosity, uh, spiritualism, yeah? uh, a complete, sometimes baffling rise in these Pentecostal churches that you, you actually can tell that people are being duped, but they're still going. Yeah? Mm. But it's not the anointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, it's it's not something that happens in isolation. And then there's also the high levels of gambling. You know, uh, people speculating on how they can make money, whether it's whether they're going to the betting shops and so on. So this is the sort of society in which we live in. And sometimes the pressures of uh, recognizing the humanity of others. Is are really high because you don't have the time, you don't have the money, you don't have the, the patience. So I would advise that from your own individual perspective and what you call the lower level, I guess, or implied as a lower level, is you, you need to look at what you have and what you can do collectively together to ease the burden of what is called that black tax mm. as a family. You know, sometimes when people discuss family problems, they wait for the guy with the with the money uh, or the person who's in the UK to send. Uh, the Western Union or whatever, uh, MoneyGram sort of transfer. But when in fact they all have resources, someone has a car, someone has um, the, uh, a small business that does catering for, for, in order to help each other eh? and to ease the, the burden on the individual, uh, particularly the individual who assumes that they're the most successful and therefore everybody's always following them. Um, on, the, on the second part of the question, I forgot exactly. Can you just repeat it a bit? Jerry was speaking to like, you know, we've got the inherited black tax or like our grandmas or our grand, the ones before us. But then you also have situations Uh, where our siblings, people who are our peers, who are supposed to understand the situation are making decisions 
that are going to be bad for me. So I think probably in our parents' generation, we had lots of the denial of HIV, um, uh, the silence on issues to do with maybe a sibling cheating and it's kind of encouraged and therefore someone dies of HIV and then people have to deal with the kids and stuff. Now, mm-hmm. it's still kind of happening in our own generation where people yeah. maybe, or make certain choices which at the end of the day, I'm going to have to deal with as a brother, as a cousin, as, a, as an extended person. And, and I'm thinking, why am I being left to do this? Let's even go even closer. You are not doing, like maybe for a lack of, some, some children are not as good as others in school, but some children really are not focused on it. And you're still going to be a burden on me. And sometimes you have the intersection of the school work is not being done properly. And the person also has a bit of an attitude towards like just um, the moral structure of following, they impregnate someone's child and you are the one who's employed. You're an intern at some company which doesn't barely pay you enough. Yeah, now, yeah. there no, is I, I like tax of having to take care of your young, your, your, your little brother because Ubuntu says you should. Now, do I have... A choice? Does Ubuntu yeah. allow me to have an individual choice when it comes to those particular situations? Well, it's a bit of a moral question there, I think. And again, focused on the individual. Like, what exactly, how exactly do you handle individual situations as they emerge? Um, yeah, that one is hard to answer, but Again, you've got to look at the political economy of your society. Um, for example, how does the education system work? Yeah? Uh, your brother might not have gone to school, or your sister might, or your cousin might not have gone to the same school you went to. You went to a better school. And sometimes they were actually bright at school, um, but they couldn't further their education. But you could because your school was better and your background was better. But they emerge when they're now teenagers or you know, they, they, they are now married or, or have dilemmas, problems at home. It's again a question of looking at it holistically. Uh, the emotions may be high, but uh, you also have to question what society is doing uh, in order to alleviate these common problems. Because it, it's not only my family or your family or anybody else's family. It sometimes cuts across. Eh? There's people of similar uh, stations in life across families. So that's a societal challenge. It's almost like when you look at education, you're looking at the big debate that was there last week uh, concerning uh, the, the private schools who wanted to get their own school calendar. And, and then the public schools have the government, official government calendar. And then the government had to say, no, no, you can't have two separate calendars. The reason why that would not, would not fit into a, a progressive society or would not fit into the value of Ubuntu is that it would increase the burden of this so-called black tax on the private school kids. Because even if they complete their education first, your cousin who's in public school has been delayed in, in getting educated and probably might not pass the exams as well as the person in private school. So if you're not going to question that, then you're going to have that burden and that problem continuing. So you, you, need, you need a more equitable society that helps you deal with challenges as they emerge within your family, immediate family, but also broadly within society. Miri just joined us. I, I, um, she's a blogger herself, and I'm, I'm wondering. She, I know she joined us mid, but she probably has uh, wants to pick your brain on it. Miri, um, please go ahead before we, you know, we overshadow a black woman. <laughs> hey, Unai. Um, no, I'm finding um, Takura's opinions very interesting. Um, I read the blog, and it sort of resonates with um, 
what I was thinking of as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's very tricky, hey? Because on one end, I, I think I picked up something along the lines of, uh, from the blog, there's like this whole white text as well. Um, but interestingly, with the white people, what they try to do is instead of um, sort of having um, or texting their kids where they grew up, they try to sort of lift them up so that they won't have to sort of depend so that like the legacy can live on type of thing. And, and personally, I think it's something that as, as black people, we should try and consider as well, but, um, you know, also taking into account that, uh, a lot of families, uh, come from very poor backgrounds and we also have to take care of those who came before us, but at the same time to avoid the cycle of black tax and to avoid the cycle of, um, you know, depending on each other, try to lift up the next generation so that it, you know, it, it, it doesn't become a vicious cycle, but it becomes a sort of platform to, to enrich or to make better the future generations. So yeah, that's, that's basically my take on, on the whole black tax thing. Thanks, Miri. I, 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 I see that uh, Takura has paid you uh, to say that particular um, <laughs> opinion. Um, Takura, <laughs> what is white tax? Because some, someone who I shared the blog, blog with came up with an answer of white, white taxes. What would you call white tax? I know you said you're going to save it for later, but how would you define white tax? Like, here's a question. Five marks. What is white tax? Well, it's, it's basically white tax would be your normal tax. Yeah, because that's uh, the the one thing that is certain that uh, we were taxed differently in the colonial state. Yeah? Um, I mean, white people didn't pay hard tax, uh, strictly speaking, um, and white people largely lived in in urban settlements, uh, and 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 they didn't have to undergo forced labor. So what we now have as normal tax is obviously what immediately comes to mind as the preferred white in quotation marks tax. Mm. And then there's also the other element of which um, is which is inherited wealth, uh, and, and this is largely where some of my white colleagues know that they have to work really hard uh, to look after the family businesses, uh, the family interests, and also to share the wealth between the children uh, or the grandchildren, which is normally why the will is a very important thing in white culture. Uh, the written will, when someone passes away, clearly did the demarcates where the wealth is and the obligation to perpetuate that wealth right, in continuity. And, and part of it, as I write in the blog, is uh, uh, partly colonial legacy, uh, the farms, the mines, uh, uh, the urban businesses, uh, and the like, you know, how to keep family business uh, going and how to ensure that there is inherited wealth that uh, runs in perpetuity. So that, that is my brief take on, on what I would consider. It. But it's a very complex topic. Hey, Taku, uh, Makia. So yeah. now that you, you just gave us uh, a definition of, of, of white tax, my question is, is it safe to say that our black tax is somehow rooted in our lack of financial literacy as black people? Like you're, you're talking of wheels, how to generate wealth, do black people do the same thing? Do we also leave a legacy to our families to say, hey guys, uh, these are which we can generate wealth for our family so that we don't have, we are, we are dependent on ourselves. Can you say a lack of financial literacy 
plays a huge role then in how black text perpetuates itself among amongst black families. Um, I wouldn't say a lack of financial literacy. I think it's a it's a cultural and historical thing before it is anything else, uh, Chief. Um, mainly because of the way our societies were set up. Um, the majority of, of Black Zimbabweans live in rural areas, and they do live well for, for their children. Cattle, houses, etc. Even, how do you say, the sports cats, Moro. I mean, it's all divided. Uh, even clothes, even. You know, if you're, you're one of your elders passes on, you're all cold within the year to distribute trousers and, and jackets and, and so on. So it's not like we don't have an approach to it uh, like that. But it's because success has been largely viewed with an urban lens. And based on the fact that, A, we, we didn't really have city uh, prior to, to the 1800s uh, in, in the format that they are. The urbanization that we have created a new economic culture. But we never really never thought of leaving things behind for, for, for our children. We, we do have that understanding. The question is that contradictions in the cultures to this. For example, the financial literacy you may refer to basically means you are functioning as an individual family unit. Urban tax systems do not really look at the rural uh, cultural and family setup or the black cultural family setup where even if you live in the city, you still have these other things to deal with. So again, it's, it's, it's a very good question, but I, I wouldn't put it down to that because we do have an approach to it. It's just that it may not be as mathematical or it may not be as business-oriented as, as uh, preferred. I think when I then want to kind of get me to hit my, wrap my head around this is I, I, can never, I can never have any other lens besides the one that I have. Um, I wasn't, I didn't grow up in the rural area. Uh, and yes, I do have a bit of ghetto in me. Um, but now the thing is, how best do I address with the power that I have? Because again, we, you know, we, some of these things, the accesses are not in my power to give. There's, there's, a, there's a certain way I can try and give the access to, right? But what can I do to make sure that my child in the future does not c- complain about black tax for whatever definition that they have as black tax. So that's a, it's a denigrated term, which I am framing it in, like, or which when someone says it's, 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 it's disrespectful to call taking care of your family black tax when this, this is the essence of, of blackness, which is a wound, right? And, but I don't want that to be a burden. So um, if I get you right, like this understanding that we have and the lack that we have as Zimbabweans comes as a colonial legacy uh, because, you know, city urbanization and da-da-da-da-da-da. What can I do? I'm, I'm a millennial. You know, I, I'm a young person, uh, early 30s. What can I do to make sure that no one yeah. from the next generation says, ah, you know what, Onai, you're giving me black tax? Mm-hmm. Like, if... Yeah. Also, given the context, no, there's no one solution to it. Trying also, also given the sense that I also want to imbibe oh, sorry, the right. of Ubuntu in them as well. Sorry, I just like also imbibe the, the 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 essence of Ubuntu. What what? How can we find that balance? Like for the next generation, because after this, I'm gonna feel very bad. Like, oh my gosh, so black tax is a good thing. 
but I'm just not supposed to complain about it. But but my next generation who are going to be even further from, uh, I'll my first, the, the, you know, they're going to know Mbuyanehanda in a very different way. It's, she's going to be a statue to them. For me, it was much different, right? You know, so what what can we do? Even though it's not a one size fits all. Um, there's no one answer uh, to to your question. Uh, there are many ways in which. Uh, you can relate to emerging issues in your society and for your generation. Mm. Um, the one thing that I know that is difficult uh, in the age of social media to do uh, for you guys uh, and your age group is to to be a bit patient about issues, to explore them further, you know, to to read through, to understand the history, to understand the context, um, and to come up with your own position on, on a specific issue based on knowledge. Mm. It doesn't have to be academic knowledge. It doesn't have to be scientific knowledge, though both help. Uh, but it can be knowledge that is relevant to your circumstance and your, and your situation um, um, as it occurs. And then secondly, the other issue is to identify causes. Um, causes beyond, you know, the selfie and so on. Causes that help you understand the problem better, act on the problem, whether collectively or with your, a few of your friends and so on. And, to, and in this case, around the challenges that you've mentioned, the key cause is how to get a more equitable society, one that overcomes the legacy of colonialism, mm. and then one that also guarantees that we all have social and economic rights. Because that's where the challenge is. The actual fact that sometimes you will have to pay extra for us you know, cost extra for, for education costs because there is no right to health. There's no right to education that is immediately evident in the Zimbabwean context. Mm. And that's why even when you were in Scotland, uh, uh, on a, I mean, I'm pretty sure you you could tell that the difference between Zimbabwean society and Scottish uh, society in Edinburgh. That's true. Uh, there's, a, there's a baseline that, that they have, a minimum uh, uh, acceptance of what social services everybody should have, including the National Health Service, I'm sure, you filled in that form and, and you know that sort of thing. So you you need to have a very basic approach to a, a, a basic equality approach to your society in order to then uh, ease the burden of of of, of what is so called black black tax. But and finally, you need to understand that no matter what happens, and not in our lifetimes or yours, eh, you're not really going to wish away our culture, uh, or to completely abandon it. It's, it's not going to happen, not in a hundred years. Uh, not only because of our geographical setup, uh, uh, our human, geogra- human geography setup, where the majority of us are, are rural, but also because it, it's almost like part of our being. We can't, we can't all live in the city, uh, and, and neither can we all ignore our languages, our traditions in one form or the other. Yes, we can be Christians, we can be... Muslims and so on, but fundamentally, the way we live in our society is something that we always need to respect and humanize more, as opposed to denigrate. Our backgrounds, our history, is part of our human being, uh, and, and, and it's something that you colleagues probably need to explore a bit more. I know that church is easier. The pastor just says one or two things, but at the same time, you go and pay lobola or something like that. It's contradictory, sort of like uh, approaches we have to our cultural practices. We need to integrate them more and ensure that we value them more. Even though some some of the, some which are negative, such as child marriages, we should get rid of and so on. But the, the most positive ones, we should take them into account and help 
it will help us understand ourselves better and help us interact with other cultures and other habits in a much more uh, integrated fashion. Yeah, I think um, to, add, to, to add on to what Akura is saying um, with regards to like in the future and talking to a kid and whatever, I think it's also important to teach them that um, for you to be where you are, it's as a result of, you know, a lot of people that came before you. It's kind of like when they say it takes a village. Um, you might not see the village um, at the certain stage that you're at, or you might not um, sort of, you might not see the direct impact that they had uh, for you to get where you are, whether they paid school fees or whether they sent in prayers or even just moral support, but just teaching them that to be the person that I am. Uh, again, is that a want to sort of thing? You know, as we were, um, it wasn't, I, I didn't get, to where I am because of me. I'm not the superhuman. There's like a whole group of people that are behind me. So it's also good to then teach them to be like, okay, you know, there are people who came before us and who helped along the way. And it's always good to check in and see how they're also doing, um, not necessarily as an obligation, but to, you know, to, to, to be able to help out when they need to be helped out and um, to, to chip in when there's need to. So, yeah, it's just teaching them that whole, you know, you're not an individual person, but there's a whole group of people that are behind you and that have made you to be who you are today. So there, my fellow podcasters, again, making me look like I am the enemy of <laughs> everything, everything Zimbabwe. By the way, they usually do this. I become like the bad guy. But today, at least I've got Jerry and Mark. Uh, <laughs> like, okay, I don't want to take care of my little brother. No, I, I do. I just don't want him to impregnate a child, you know, so that I have to take care of him and the child. Because that's the type of black tax I don't want. But um, can, I, can, I just add, can I just add a footnote on that? I, I don't think black tax should be an entitlement. Someone shouldn't be entitled to get your money but or your resources or whatever, but it should be um I, I don't I don't have the word for it, but it shouldn't be like Ubuntu you know, is looking at you side. It's Ubuntu is side eyeing you right now. I just want you to know that. <laughs> No, because I, I feel like some people then take it a step further and then feel like, you know what, you owe me Saka Ivoa Twendipa as if you don't have other obligations. I see this uh, with people who are single and, you know, um, aren't married or living on their own and stuff. You know, people will be like, ah, where, where, where are you spending your money? But you live by yourself and what if, what if, what if. As if single people who live by themselves don't have obligations of their own type of thing. So I, I just, I just, it's like on the flip side of my opinion. I also feel like it shouldn't be an entitlement, but it should be more of a, you know, a case by case. I, I feel I need to help here or chip in here, but you know, when I get paid, you shouldn't be like, yo, cool, how far? <laughs> as if it's a uh, uh, But but Miri, on the flip <laughs> side as well, we call it black tax because people feel entitled to the to the live that we make. So that's why you end up calling it black text. Yes, that's why it's, it's got such a negative connotations because most of the times people have that entitlement to Onai's $2. They're like, oh yeah, Onai, you stay alone. You, you make $2. Give us another dollar because you only need $1. So I guess 
it's that entitlement that people have that then makes it sound so uh, negative, bad, bad yeah. yes. And then we end up calling mm-hmm. it black tax. Yeah, and, and, and as I said earlier on, when we teach our children, we shouldn't teach them that this black tax entitlement. It's helping out, right? It's, it's trying to, yeah, it's basically just, just helping out. You know where you come from and just making a contribution to that but it shouldn't be an entitlement. So when they speak to their children, their children's children, it won't be, it won't be, a black tax will then be a positive thing instead of this negative connotation. Okay. Um, Takura, maybe I just want to, to get your thought on this. 41 years after independence, do you feel like we could have done better in terms of moving from the uh, bad word black text to maybe some new form of uh, text that could have been better for, for for our society. Black privilege, black privilege, the privilege. I don't know of passing on the goodness of blackness to my, you know. But yeah, Jerry's question. Yeah, obviously, we we could have done better. Uh, um, we what we did was at the beginning of independence, we actually had a very good approach, which was. Uh, popularly referred to as uh, you know, trying to alleviate rural, rural and urban poverty as broad national projects. Um, of course, the politics of it got in the way with the, with the, the fights between Zapu and Zanu, uh, Krahundi, and also uh, the liberalization of the economy in the late 80s, where we, we, we scaled back on social welfare. And if you, if, if you were an economist that but when I used public health, when we scaled back on funding for public health in the 90s, um, I'm pretty sure you've come across this in your studies, it became a, a burden to look after people. You mentioned the, the HIV AIDS um, pandemic and how our public health services by the time we're in the mid 90s couldn't cope because we never then really expanded them uh, organically. Uh, we did build a couple of provincial hospitals, but in terms of social service provision, number of medical doctors, number of nurses, I mean, until recently, there was only one medical school in Zimbabwe. Yeah? And the disproportionate balance between the number of doctors and the, the number of uh, the, the population sizes of people needing to be treated. So we didn't do, we didn't do well. Uh, and the, our free market approach, our liberal economics sort of approach in the 1990s as advised by the World Bank uh, and IMF didn't help us at all uh, to the extent that by the time you get to the 2000 and 2008 crisis, you're now all really trying to run away from a phone call from Kumusha or because you now know that you are the one who's supposed to pay for Sekuru to be treated or Ningnago to go to, to school. Uh, and so on, Kudua school fees and, and, and stuff like that. So we, sh- we should have done better, but we can still do better. I, I'm generally an optimist um, uh, because I always see, I try and see possibility more often than, than not. If, if we focus, if we, for example, if you're part of a church, if you're part of a political movement, political party, human rights organization, try and have a holistic picture of your society, try and have a value-based understanding of your society, and therefore have causes that are not ephemeral, causes that are, are not just feelings. You must have causes that have a long-term trajectory in terms of the expected impact on your society. And that way, the next 40 years, which you guys will most likely be in charge of, will be much, much, much better. 
Uh, Takura, I, I think with that, um, I'd like to thank you very much for for giving your time uh, to Nayona and the other guys. Um, I I'm happy. I I feel like I've got a little more context on where you're coming from, our black tax, and I'm sure um, the people who've been reading your blog, going to read your blog after this, will also kind of feel the way we felt, and I hope that this conversation gives a bit of a of uh, the other side view of how we're supposed to see things. And I think that these conversations are ones we're supposed to have more and more as we go. But I, I, I am truly grateful that uh, you have given us your time to jump on. I, um, you know, you you answered my last question, says like the what should we do about it? And I think, you know, you covered it in two different questions, actually. And I think it's something that we can all go back and think about to see like, where, what part do I play in making my society more equitable so that black tax isn't something that we use as something that we cry about, especially my particular generation. I think maybe just as a capstone, where can people find your articles? If someone wants to interact with some of the stuff that you make, um, social media or, or, or where else, maybe you can tell our listeners that. Um, I, I guess you can just Google me. Just tends to come up. If you Google my name, you see my Twitter accounts. Yeah. <laughs> and my blog, it's, it'll be there. So, but it's, on Twitter, it's, a, it's just my full name. Uh, on Facebook, it's the same thing. And then my blog name is also my full name uh, at uh, blogspot.com. Thank you very much, Takura. Thank you very much for your time. I will. Did you All right. Thanks, guys. And now, Capital 263. All right, feeling station. Question H. I wish I had Nyasa's voice. Yes, welcome to the feeling station. Um, <laughs> oh, so I had a thought, I had a conversation with a couple of people which brought me to the question um, because the girl, I think what brought about the situation is a girl said, I don't have like one guy. I've got a different, like different guys who I will be fair, fair, ring vetting at the same time so we can go on dates and then and, and with different guys all at once. And it's fine. And I remember having a conversation some two years ago with a classmate. And she said, I can't even just do that with like a couple of different guys at the same time. I can just do it with one guy. Um, and, and guys sometimes get the flag like, oh, so you're, you're, you're on the talking stage with different type of women at the same time. So there's always this question is like, is that okay or not? So which got me to the question that says, are we going about dating wrong? So for an example, is it okay to be a dating to be dating a couple of different girls at the same time, girls or guys, and even possibly to go out and date and make out with them, uh, these different guys at the same time. And I want one of our um, foremost relationship experts, Mirinya Zukunyakuzuka, and uh, 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 a victim of bad relationship karma, uh, Mr. Jerry Maroja, <laughs> and and Mark, who, who just doesn't have any hair to, 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 to weigh in on, on the wow. It doesn't have hair to sustain a relationship. Yeah. He's the opposite of a Rapunzel. It's fine. Oh, wow. So, wow. I, it's not even a diss. The violence, bro. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, what do we, what do we guys think? Before, Seg, Seg, Miri, what have been to basic banter? Hey, bro. Like, funny you ask. Yesterday on one of my Facebook memories, it, it brought up the bloggers awards uh from 2018 and i was like hey once i found a time i was an award-winning blogger yeah. <laughs> in my life but then again but then again i was like once uh, once upon a time i was an award-winning blogger but now i'm like a pretty cool baker person girl so 
So hey, um, things change. Um, yeah, true. Maybe I might be back. Miri's blogs are like Mary J. Blige's music. Uh, it's like they were dope when like Miri's writing. No, 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 no. Oh, nice. Shut up. Wow, I, I know where you're so, going with this. Okay, my, my question, my question with regards to dating to to everyone, yeah, is what is dating? First of all, let's understand that but that bit. Obviously, that but mm. yo. That bit. Mm. What is dating first and foremost? And when you say what dating wrong, what is your definition of dating? Is it just talking? Is it is dating being in a relationship? Because I feel like if we don't understand that 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 definition, then we lose the whole argument and context of what dating is and how dating should be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jerry, you can go ahead. I think we we need to to first define the goal. What is the goal? What what are we aiming for? So if it's us with our ages now, the aim is marriage. And the aim is marriage. That's the ultimate goal. And so dating in that context now means. Uh, surveying the the area or looking for a potential um, partner for life. So for me now, when you start to say you are using three or four templates not to look for a... Another just sounds like whoring. It doesn't sound like date. <laughs> but... But in the like in the white context, dating is about just exactly in an investigation, just your top of the line. Uh, oh, these people, what does Onai do? What does uh Archie do? What does Jerry do? To white people, that is dating, it's just surveying the available options, seeing who is most suitable to be in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. If you're if you're dating, you're trying to get to know a person, right? And if it so happens that you are going out for meals with one guy and then going out for meals with another guy or going out for movies to get to know a person, <laughs> I I don't see anything wrong with that, uh, provided it's not intense. Like you can't then now be making out with like either one of them because it already the, the sort of level playing field has been tippled type of thing. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess if, if you then do that, um, I, I feel like you then have to disclose to either one of the parties, would you listen, this is where I'm at. I'm currently seeing people going out for dates, eating out and stuff. Cause I'm trying to get to know both of you so that I know I'm making the right choice. Right. And I feel like it's prudent to to disclose that so that the person you are then dating knows what to do with that information. Because maybe they'll be like in the talking stage and we're already in too deep. And the next thing he sees you kissing some other guy type of thing. And he's like, but I thought, you know, so, you know, (laughs) problem. 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 That, that's that's how I've I've seen our generation handle this whole dating thing, right? You know, the, yeah, I'm but, talking to some. Like so, yeah, in as much as you might want 
to 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 say it out. I feel like at the same time, we don't say it because we don't want to be judged and called those names, you know. So that's why we but fight. Mark, Mark, that is why we always have that discussion with you should define the relationship. What are we? And it's are we just hanging out as friends? We are, are we getting to know each other. Investigation. Because those gray lines, that's where their problems. And if, if the one person doesn't know what exactly you guys are, if you're in the talking stage and you're working towards an actual relationship and the other person is just like, I and survey the, the, the area to see with the WhatsApp, already, already it's, it, it's problematic and it, it's not good. So I feel like there has to be that conversation so that you know, Kuti, where, where are you standing with this person or how far are you? in the pursuit of having a relationship person. Let me pose this question to all everyone here. Are you guys okay? If this is what we're saying is dating, are you guys okay with being part of the, the five people who this young lady, young man is in an investigation for, of who, who they're investigating? Would you, Miri, like this, let's go back to Miri, the writer of Bits Banter, right? Um, would you, would you be okay with a guy? Would you be okay knowing, or would you just be okay with the idea that I am not the only person that this guy is how is your daying or, or, or can we have dinner? Are you okay with going with this guy to um, Haifa on this Saturday, next Saturday, you go to another event and he's with another show and he's like, no, I'm just investigating. This is, you know, CSI, dating world, Harare, you know. Are you you think are willing to accept that, that I am just, I'm part of an investigation. I could be picked, but you know. Right, but like, it's it, it, it's part of um what you call it. It's shoot ah my my train of thought just derailed. Yeah, I'm ch- I'm oh ch- my God. eating things anymore, can I mean? It's not your struggle anymore, is it? No, oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say sorry. I was gonna say, but it manages your expectations. So you're not you're not being tugged along or does it manage along. yours? You, does that does it? I'm it asking manages you, my expectations who, 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 because how, I can also be like, okay, no, I can also be like, you know what? It's fine. You can still date or see those other people, but it won't stop me from dating. The problem arises when you and then you're like, why are you surveying when we said we're both surveying type of thing? <laughs> so it manages my expectations, which oh, okay, I might not be the top or whatever but also it, it also gives you the idea well maybe this person might not know what they want um this is you know this is who i am and i've presented myself to them so now if they're now surveying like for other people they might not know what they want and maybe by virtue of knowing that they might just not be the person that i want to be with anyway so yeah, you have to look at it from that perspective as well. Which I undecided. Maybe I I'm just a pawn in the greater scheme of things, and um, they just might not be right for me. So yeah. My my take on dating is, one person is surveying asnakuza umemun. Therefore, one person is working in the dark. The other one is doing his job of investigating, but the other people are not in the know. Because once I define things, good, you are a sample. You're not the actual thing. <laughs> it's, 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 you are a case study. Hey, you're a case study. And so for me, for me, this this notion of dating or manatugunye, it happens at 16, it's fine. 
But come on, Mazira, Ebro. Let's let's if if you're not at our age exactly, it's let's let's just be honest. You need to concentrate on one target. If it's not the one, move on to the next target. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I agree with you. It's even about just the thought of of giving five people my attention. I I I I can't do that. I can't, brother. That is so much work. That is so much work. You know what? So I can only do it with one person at a time. I think I know why girls are okay with having five samples at a time. That no, 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 not even. Do you know how many dinner dates that is? Do you know how many times that girl can close? <laughs> do you know how much free food that wow. means? Wow. <laughs> it oh, came wow, to food. <laughs> it has to come back to food. Listen. It, it has not, to come back to food. Listen. listen. Yeah. When a girl is, 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 is investigating five different guys, she's also investigating five different restaurants. Like that's basically what's happening. Wow! Shout out! No, no, I, I, I feel, I, I, I feel like it's a shout out for women. It's women privilege. Sherlock Onai. Sherlock Onai just came through with the deductions there. That is so <laughs> true. I mean, I go. I mean, you, yeah, you, yeah, your dating, your dating is going to be difficult from here on. No, because, because I know how it feels. I don't, I don't think I have taken two girls to. To anything at the same time, True. but I do, I do, I have been at the talking stage with two girls at the same time. That stuff is exhausting. Ah, it's exhausting. Like imagine telling two different girls how my day was yeah. with how much I talk. Jeez, like <laughs> the same stories. And now I'm thinking, well, that other girl asked me this, and you're not asking me that. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, it's, it's easy to start comparing. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm being honest. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, to answer Miri's question, like with regards to 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 being open. I don't think if you want to do your surveying of five guys, it's cool, but I will survey you only. Oh, yeah. Look uh, at you. No, I'm not, no, this, this is not for brownie points. Yeah. Is, no, 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 no. This is not for brownie points. You can survey your five guys, but I'll only work with one person at a time. That's just me. It's cheaper. I, exactly. It's, cheaper, it's very, it's true. True. <laughs> <laughs> Just, okay, Mark. All right. Just maybe, maybe just a question: Are we, are we, are we there as a society? Are we there? Are we, are we at a point where we are open enough to accept things like, "I'm surveying now." Are you willing to be part of the survey? Are we, are we there as a society? You, are we honestly there? Are we honestly capable of receiving such? Not all of us, definitely. <laughs> Not all of us. Some of us are. It, it, I guess it all depends with how open you are to this. To Like I said, what is your definition of dating? For me, definitely, uh, dating is just, like we're saying, surveying the market. There's nothing serious going on. It only, it, the problem starts when, when this, you know, in the dark. That's where the problem is. But otherwise, at the face of it, it should be, it should be innocent. You know, it should be an innocent process. Hiding and firing, like what? What and this guy? Inexpensive and, and inexpensive. inexpensive. Yeah, for now it's all about money. Yes, it should be inexpensive. So at at the face of it all, it should just be a a very friendly and open type of thing, and you should be open about it. So yeah, okay. I think to shut off this, I'm gonna ask one question to everyone. So what do you call a potential sample? Uh, like if 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 sample one sees a text message from sample two saying, "Ah, oh, thank you for taking me out for coffee yesterday," and sample one asks, "Oh, who is this person that just sent you this lovely text with the heart emojis?" You are going to say, "This person is Miri, my friend." 
<laughs> which is a bit of a lie because anyway, but Jerry, we are going to say this person is. Wait, wait, I've got a question to pose yes. back at that. What do we refer to that person then? Because you're not dating, they're not your girlfriend, they're not your boyfriend. Yeah. It's who are they? They're a friend. They're Number an acquaintance. They someone that you know, isn't it? I would say it's a friend that I went to talk to. I think that's just being in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> like I, I don't think you can escape from that. Like, like, like I'm just saying, I, I just don't know. Like, I don't know where I'm at with it, uh, which is why I asked this question. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think calling them your friend is one thing. And like, oh, so you go out to, to Adam with your friends? Yes, I do. And then if you end yeah. up dating said person, and then like, when they ask you, are you still friends with this person that you went out to copy to? And like, no, because obviously, because they were sample. And then when they ask you why, yeah. it's because you were just a friend. Because girls always ask, oh, just a friend? Exactly. And I guess that's how I avoid those questions. I just do one person at a time. We talk, we see if it works. If it doesn't work, then okay, cool, bye. Move on to the next person and, 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 and stuff like that. You avoid such, such unnecessary tensions quote-unquote, whereby you have to answer all these questions. Who's that? And you have to come up with, with a definition. I, I'm, my mind is not wired to come up with answers on the go like that. Mm. So I avoid them by just dating one person at a time and seeing if it works or not. Okay. I, I've got no further questions. I actually just want to wrap up this episode before it becomes too long. <laughs> <laughs> Miriam, relationship... Uh, no. Guru, so therefore, you, the answer therefore is, I uh, have five samples, it's fine. Um, it's okay. Uh, just be clear about it. Although I do not think any girls are ready for that type of non-graying. Because if I tell a girl, you know what, actually, so when I say goodnight to you, I also say goodnight to the other girl and say yeah. goodnight to the other third girl because I'm trying to figure out where I'm at. Because I feel like once a girl hears that, she's going to think you're confused. But I'm just trying to know what I don't like so that well, I yeah, what you I are confused. Like. But it's it's calling you what it is. You are confused, but How? it's okay. I thought you were celebrating having five samples, and now you're saying you're you're calling. Ah, I have your five samples, but I'm what I'm saying is have it, have your five samples. It's fine, and do what But already to me, it shows that you're confused. So, but if I'm all for that, or if I'm at a, listen, or if I'm also sort of not sure, or I'm young and I'm not ready to settle, and I want to see what's going on, it's still also fine. Um, like you had earlier on, Kuti, you know, before we're, we're old. I mean, like, bruh, like those are games. I mean, we're old for that now. But what I'm saying is, it's about five samples, Aku. Uh, but I, if, if I have my five samples, it's also still okay. But be clear about it so that we know where we stand and we can make decisions based on what we know, not what we assume. So I should be clear about my confusion, basically. Yeah. Uh, be clear about your confusion. Own your confusion. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if telling the, the truth that I've got five samples and then making it making me look confused because you know what? You it's gonna what? work you're for also, a girl trying to potentially you also, you also help eliminating those five samples. One of them will be like, ah, I don't think I like this. Let me drop out, and it makes it easier for you too. So by process of elimination, it will also help make that decision. Which okay, this person also kind kind of gets how I think. Um. So, yeah. It's, it's just that I, I I don't know if you'd be able to answer this question if you have ever been in a situation where you had different samples at the same time, or anyone like, of you guys. I, I 
I I don't have like like Mark was saying I don't have the like I have too many things going on in my life with work and everything and even at the time when I was still dating there was a lot going on for me I don't have time for more than one person at a time. Okay. Jerry, what about you? Yeah. um if 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 i was to say yes (laughs) one sample (laughs) but as you go on saga all i'm going to say is ah that can be the season whereby i used to have a group to say good morning and good afternoon Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yes, there was a group. <laughs> wow. Don't ask me where it's not recent though. Like, yeah, this was this was long back, long, long back. So yeah. <laughs> so Mark had a broadcast list. Jerry, only one of the two knew that they were sample. And for online, no, I I, I think I, I think I've I've once done a bit of that, but I quickly quit. I was like, no, I can't do this. And anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. I know it's gonna be a bit long, but it's gonna be all worth it. You can listen to throughout the week, guys. You don't have to, you know. Uh, but shout out, guys, where can people find you and your different businesses, which I'm supposed to be invoicing because of the marketing? Guys, come on. <laughs> Mary, where can people find you? Um, they can find me on Facebook in the group Mirinya Kutsuka, or you can like my Cuptown Cakes page mm-hmm. on Instagram as well. And on Twitter, I'm Miri underscore Nyakutsuka or Miri Cuptown. Okay, shout out to you. Uh Jerry. I'm off social media, so <laughs> like uh... you can send him a smoke signal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. Yeah, I'm I'm also offish. Yeah, you are social media. So yeah, I just like and comment, no posting, but yeah, Twitter kinds mark. Yeah. Great, follow Nai on Nai uh, pod on Instagram, Nai on Nai, I think Noob Nation on Twitter. And I might just change it to all Nai on Nai pod, but Instagram's new, so Follow, follow, follow. We're trying to populate that with content and maybe we can start chatting. And Facebook is Nuke Nation. The groups is joining. And if you have my personal number, just let me know what you think about the show and share with a friend. Please subscribe and rate and like. Thank you very much for joining the show. Still have, don't have, yeah, Miria the Wordsmith. Can you please find us a tagline to exit the show with next, like later on in the group? Just let us know, right? But yeah, anyway, shout out to you guys. And uh, thank you guys for coming through the show. Thank you to Chakra Jangaja and stuff. Yeah, so bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. And now. Capital 263.